Welcome to another episode of Top 5 with Nick. Can you imagine a world without Mario, The Last of Us without Joel and Ellie? No, neither can I. That's why I think good characters are the bread and butter of what makes gaming good. The guests with me today are Kieran Marchant. Hey, it's me again. And from the illustrious House of Mario podcast, Drew Agnew. Hey guys, thank you very much for having me. Uh, not a problem, thank you for being on. So this week I want to discuss your top five gaming characters, what they mean to you, and a little bit about them. Um, I'm going to start with our very special guest. What is your first character, Drew? Um, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Uh, going to jump straight to Mario. Um, <laughs> <laughs> going to get the predictable one yeah, out, the of the way. out of the way. Yeah, um, I think it goes without saying that Mario is obviously one of if not the most iconic video game character. He's he's so versatile in the amount of games he, he can star in, whether it's an RPG, uh, platformer, go-kart racer, party game, fighter, wh- whatever whatever uh, game it is, he can fit into that. And he's just... It's just so... I don't know, just good old Mario. Iconic? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that. He's a very... Uh... You can plug him in anywhere and he fits perfectly. Yeah, just so joyful too. So if you've had a bad yeah. day at work or whatever it might be, you can always rely on Mario to cheer you up. <laughs> I especially love the Gears of War Mario edition. Yeah. Whereas yeah, they're chainsawing the and stuff. Well, I just didn't... I need to see this. Um, for me, were you one of, were you outraged, Drew, when um, they took that Mario was a plumber out of the description? Uh, not Cause really. Because there was a lot of outrage. No, I wasn't. There was a really. lot of outrage that... Paul Murray. He just made me think he was no longer a plumber. He's always had that title, but I've literally never seen him do anything that any way resembles a plumber. He, go- he goes down pipes yeah, he goes- all the time. He goes down pipes, that's about it, I think. <laughs> I haven't seen him do any work, he just sort of jumps around, doesn't he? In fact, the most plumbing work he's ever done is in that Bob Hoskins movie. Yeah. Which was weird, that's why the movie was so weird, because it's like, oh... He's actually, he's actually like a plumber. a plumber in a van doing his job. Okay. <laughs> With a plumber's crack and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Mario. Yeah, Mario's an excellent choice, I think. Um, what is your first one, Kieran? What's my first one? My first one is going to be another one that's slightly out of left field. Mm, here we go. We're doing it already. We're going there. But he is a main character. He is a main character, and he's one of my favourite characters. Uh, this is Guybrush Threepwood from the Monkey Island series. So it's probably... It hasn't been in prominence for a little while now. There was some PC games that were released. Um, it's from one of the... Yeah, there was some yeah. Telltale ones released when they got the uh, license off LucasArts. And it's such a good game like just all of the Escape from Monkey Island games were in some of my favourite adventure games when I was growing up as a kid some of the most infuriating puzzles in any <laughs> games was in that thing just the fact that but the fact that Guywood is just one of those characters that's just lovable and unlikely in every situation and this character is thriving well in this world of pirates where Every kind of form of like sword fighting, arm wrestling is all insult based. So everything <laughs> is done through insults and he just does it so well. And they're never, you know, they're never badly written insults. They're, they're always on point, mind the pun. Um, but he's such a good character. He's funny. 
Um, and he really he stood the test of time when he evolved through being the you know the two D pixel art character into a full three D model of a character, um, and really gets up to a lot of mischief. And I love that about that character. How did you feel about the end of Monkey Island two, where it's revealed that he's just a kid retelling all these stories to his family? I kind of love it. Yeah, it fits so well. It fits so well because there's almost like that childlike innocence to that character. Yeah. That always, and it's, you know, there's, you can kind of see that through, you know, maybe there's another project we're doing where somebody's telling a tale. Is it real? Is it, is it, you know, <laughs> is it all made up? We don't know. But I, there's a lot of good things, and that just brings a very intricate part to that game that I don't think many people pick up on. That, you know, what, what is just an over, like, what is embellished by a kid's imagination? Like, what is. It makes a lot of things make sense that is just entirely weird about those games. Definitely. I think what um, holds him back from being such a good character, because he's a terrific character for the mainstream, it's just those adventure game puzzles, just the biggest thing stopping you from enjoying them. No, they're not. No, they're not. You just, you get to the point where you stop being frustrated at the answers being so stupid. And then you just look up the answers on an FAQ. Well, no, you just start, you know, spending five minutes at a time combining every object in every possible combination. Yeah, and just hope for the best, and sometimes it works. In this podcast, but we'll just no. That. <laughs> Do you See, have I any... Haven't... Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Drew. I haven't actually uh, played the Monkey Island games, but I've heard good things about them. Oh. Yeah, but what does put me off is just that sort of like, let's just throw everything at the wall, see what happens, and not actually have like <laughs> see a logical... See what sticks, and it totally is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Adventure games. Eh? Thank God for oh, Telltale. That's great. All right. Yeah. My first one is GLaDOS from Portal. <laughs> she is the perfect antagonist to me, I think. Like, she just gives you the motivation to go through the whole game. Like, if that game didn't have a protagonist like, an antagonist like GLaDOS. I can see getting boring very quick, but where she's insulting you and egging you on and you get the desire to prove her wrong each time that you can actually do it and you're not just like a worthless meat bag or test subject 300 and something. And the whole thing about the cake at the end, it being a lie and all that, it's just at the end when you get the ultimate satisfaction of besting her too, like watching her melt down and all that, I think it's just fantastic and... She is one of the best video game villains there is, making her one of the, my favourite characters. She was a pretty good sidekick in Portal 2. I'd, I'd love... I would love GLaDOS more if Wheatley had never been a thing. Because Stephen's, Stephen English? Stephen Marchant. London? No. Merchant. Oh my god, it's no, it's <laughs> oh. Stephen Merchant because it's like my name. I don't know why oh it's my, my name, but it's right, I can edit this out. Oh, it's of okay. Place. Just, you, why are you shaking your head? Yeah, you're going to edit this. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, Stephen Merchant, because his portrayal, I love Wheatley just a bit more than I love GLaDOS, but I remember just for that first game, her dry humor and wit and just. There's, there's nothing worse than trying to do something that's really frustrating. Then trying to do something really frustrating while somebody really negative or some stupid smartass is just in the corner. It's like, you know, if I'm trying to make a great podcast and I've got Dylan Blight watching me do it the entire time making snide comments. It's just off-putting. Yep. It is. 
Do you have any experience with Portal or GLaDOS, Drew? Oh, I haven't actually played them. I, I hate to say. Oh, oh it's not Dylan's that reaction console. to that. Oh. Not Dylan. <laughs> oh. No, yeah. Dylan's reacting the same. It's okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel horrible. Ouch. Like, I don't know. I, what year did Portal 2 come out? I want to say 20... 2012? 11. Yeah. Kieran, it's later it. than you think it is. Let me right. give me a second. Yeah, because I think I got my PS3 in 2012. So yep. That could have been oh, why I missed fair. it. Portal, Portal 2 came out 2011. Yeah. Look at me. I am fantastic. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely suggest going... Even just checking them out, like your PC could run them these days as well. Even even yeah, if you yeah. wanted to pick them up cheap, like they're quick and they're, I think they're good and they test your. I, th- I think I actually own them. Skills. I think I actually own them on Steam. Just oh, like dear. got it for like a dollar or something, whatever it was at the time. There you go. Perfect they're such good game. games. And just going through those, like Valve. I miss Valve making like story based games. So much. That's why I was so happy about there was news recently that they've got like eight new IPs or something in the works currently, which makes me super happy because their writing and their style in these games is so fantastic. You know, even though Portal was so different, you still felt that kind of Valve Half-Life-esque character to it. And I think, yeah, definitely, definitely play through them. They're fantastic puzzle games on their own, but the story around them makes it so much better. Mm. Definitely. All right. Drew, what is your next game character? Um, at the moment, I'm playing through Life is Strange Before the Storm. Finally picked it up on sale. Yes. And uh, it rem- like it reminded me why I loved the first game, and that's because of Chloe Price. Yeah. Uh, at, at the start, you sort of you don't like her because she's a real abrupt teenager. But as you go on, you really feel for the character, all the shit she's gone through, and all. And even at the end of the game, like I was thinking about this the other day, I'm like, fuck, nothing got better for that poor, but poor no. girl. I've always she said that Life is Strange worse. is a fuck Chloe simulator. Yeah, it's just like, it's so terrible. It's like, holy shit, how much... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that's gone wor- like gone through worse than that, but holy crap. Uh, it, like, yeah. yeah, I won't go into any spoilers, but... I, can... I hella agree. Yeah. Hella. <laughs> yeah. Hella. <laughs> Paul's going to love this episode. Paul's going to love the episode. He was complaining. He hates um, Hella. Yeah. That's the word. No, I agree. He I, hates I think the word Price is up there for me. She didn't quite make my list personally, but I think out of all the characters in that series, she's also the most relatable, where I found Max personally to be too much head in the clouds and mm. like not quite grounded enough, whereas Chloe seemed to go through the most relatable... Um, Obviously, I haven't had a parent die and go through all that, but she seems a lot more real to me. Yeah. Well, I guess the game focuses a lot more on her. Like, you're, at the end, you don't really know a whole lot about Max. No, really. that's true. Like, so it's all focusing on uh, trying to help Chloe, trying to save her from situations and... Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a really interesting like point. That, but that's a good way yeah. I've never thought about the fact that you pretty much know nothing about Max. You know nothing about a family, that, you know nothing about anything. Like, you don't, yeah. yeah, you don't really know a family very well. You don't, 
there's no nothing there to kind of really fill you in on what like Max's past too much other than you know she used to live here she moved to Seattle she came back she likes photography yeah. she, she likes yeah, you she's know, got red and rewind music. powers all of a sudden yeah there's um yeah. it makes like just Chloe throughout especially I didn't feel as connected to Chloe in the first series until after I played Before the Storm. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, like, Before the Storm fills in so much that you didn't know. Because, you know, during the first few episodes of Life is Strange, the whole Rachel Amber thing is very abstract in a lot of ways because you don't really understand that relationship. You don't understand what, you know, Chloe and Rachel Amber were. So to see that relationship grow and as characters and players, you can put your own twist on that relationship. Are they just friends? Are they more? Mm. You know, what have they been through together? And it it evolves very quickly and changes quite a lot. Yeah, I always said Before the Storm was the game that I loved the most that I didn't realise that I needed. Because when it was first announced, I was like, no, we don't need a prequel. We don't need to know any of that. It was fine. But after playing it, I was so sold. and was like, this is... So I needed this, but I didn't think I did. Yeah. Es- yeah. Especially especially when you're making decisions for her and you're like, oh, yeah, this, this is nice. And then you see the pl- yeah. cutscene play out. Then you're like, oh, no, this is going to go ab- <laughs> to absolute shit. So, like, you, you know the happy ending's not coming. <laughs> yeah, that's I've, it. That's the hardest I've, thing, too. Like, you know yeah. it's never going to come. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to start episode three. Okay, um, yeah. So I haven't finished the last episode yet. I was like, "It's not." I'm glad I haven't said anything then. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't go into anything before the storm. Okay, good point, Kieran. Thanks, Kieran. Goodness, you're welcome. (laughs) Could have could have said things for accidentally not spoiling. Hey, it's better than accidentally spoiling. That's true. All right, Kieran Marchant, what is your next character? Kieran Marchant. Well, I just realised something, and I'm kind of like half twisting stuff in my head. But no, I won't. I just broke my own heart and realised I don't have a Troy Baker character here. But that's fine. That's fine. He doesn't, you know... I'm it's sorry, Troy, I still love you. <laughs> well, the, a character voiced by the actor. I don't know. He makes me sad. You could just have but Troy Baker as the character. <laughs> I could just have Troy Baker in everything. It's Snow Snow from Final Fantasy Thirteen. No. Um, but I'm going to take one that's probably on one or two of your list, maybe. Uh, Nathan Drake mm-hmm. from the Uncharted series. He is such a character that I'm so happy that for whatever reason Nolan North ended up. And that's what made me think of Troy Baker was because when I was thinking just then about Nathan Drake, it's just when I see Nathan Drake or when I see Nolan North, I see the character perfectly. It's just the whole journey we went on with him through from beginning from Uncharted through to seeing, you know, some flashbacks of his childhood um his sudden remembrance that he could use rope as a grappling hook even though he hasn't been doing it for the last 10 years or whatever <laughs> sure god damn it nate you uh you have terrible memory and then for me one of my most perfect gaming moments is the is the epilogue for uncharted 4 mm. um yep. just because it rounds off just to have this character rediscovering Nathan Drake's life and rediscovering the things you've gone through with him um, is truly amazing. Like, it's something special. You feel... My biggest thing is, and it, it helped with Life is Strange for me, is when a game 
makes me feel connected on a with a character that makes me feel like I've been on the journey with them, and I have witnessed this character evolve from you know the smart ass go lucky brash uh, explorer and um, treasure hunter to this caring person that has gone through so much. Um, even though you know some of it's very outlandish and crazy, it's so cool. Like it's just he's a great character and really well written. I'm on the opposite of that. I don't think he's a great character at all, to be honest. Like, I enjoyed (laughs) the games. I enjoyed, like, the stories of the game. But I think it's the supporting characters that what make him great. Like, I don't think Nathan would be able to hold a story without Sully or Claire. No, not Claire. Um, What was the Australian chick's name? I don't know. Oh, the Australian yeah. chick. Um, yep. Yeah, but I, I, Nadine. No, it's not Nadine. Nadine's the South African. Okay, Chloe. Yeah, no, it's not I Chloe. Just, yes, it is. I don't no. know. I just find Whatever. him boring as a character. To be- How? I don't. I don't understand. He's just got this lovable kind of, oh, for fuck's sake, kind of mentality to everything he does. There's not, you know, there's no point where he seems to break down at the world, you know, seeming to be forever against him. He just kind of continues to plod along, just being like, fucking hell. How did I get myself here again? I think he reminds me a lot of a Han Solo type character, and I'm not a huge fan of Han Solo as a character, so I don't know if it's drawn parallels with that. That's negatively influencing my opinion, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I love the games, but I didn't think Nate Nate himself was a terrific character. Hmm. What about you, Drew? Do you? Yeah, I really I really like Nathan Drake. He's sort of like sort of half goofy, but kind of grounded at the same time yep and he's uh, he, he he's very strong he can climb a lot of ledges let's not forget <laughs> that especially in Uncharted 4 he has very strong arms <laughs> he does he's amazingly strong <laughs> freakishly you just, strong you just for some reason somehow made me think of goofy cosplaying as Nathan Drake and I need <laughs> to see this in my life <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shut up, Kieran. Yeah, Let me move it. on. Why do I invite you on? Remind I was thinking like Nathan Drake cosplaying as Goofy, but how does Goofy cosplay as Nathan Drake? He has the clothes. Yeah, he has like the, the shirt, shirt, the chain. The he has like the the gun holster. The hands, the, he has like the, the, the book. Scarf. Yeah, he's got you know maybe a bit of stubble. What's Goofy look like with a bit of stubble? You know, uh, voiced by Nolan North saying "hook yuck." <laughs> 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 Alright, my next one <laughs> is Garrus from the Mass Effect series. He... Yes! Yes. I cannot imagine a party in Mass Effect without Garrus in it. He is the true ride or die companion. Like, he is always there for you. He always has... has supports you in pretty much everything you do. Even in Mass Effect 2, he, you come back and you save him and he takes a shot to the face and he's all scarred and he's still with you. Spoilers. Spoilers. For those who haven't Spoilers. played Mass Effect 2. But yeah, like, every time I make a party, I cannot have him in it. I cannot not have him in it. So, I don't know. He's just always... It's weird to say, but he's always been there for my shepherd. And in that, he... Oh, I don't know, it sounds wanky, but... He's, he feels like a friend, if that makes sense. 
my go-to party in Mass Effect 1 makes me sad that I was never able to go to back to it is Rex and Garrus. Yeah, Rex is one of because, I was so annoyed that he wasn't in the, the other games. Yeah, it just annoys me because Rex and Garrus just made me think of, you know, the two complete opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum. Like you have chaotic good and lawful good and me stood in the middle. Yeah. And it was always so fun, like, just to imagine the scenarios of, like, Rex and Shepard going, like, balls deep into, like, a horde of enemies, and just Garrus, like, sighing for a second and then running in after them, <laughs> yeah. just, oh, just makes me, again. like, I'm gonna fucking hell, what are, why am I with these idiots? And just that, his entrance into, it is number two, isn't it, where he's, like, the guardian angel? Yeah, Archangel, is he's the bounty hunter. Yeah, he's yeah. the Archangel? With all the We're icons. so badass. Yeah. Because you didn't know it was him. Yep. That's the biggest, you, best reveal too, because you didn't think that you were going to get him back at all. You didn't know yeah, what happened no, it was to the, him after the explosion and all that kind of stuff. Yep. It was just the coolest thing to, you know, hear about this archangel that's been, you know, vigilanteing everything across the, um, I can't remember what that place was called. Um, it's not nowhere. Omega. Omega, yeah, he's been vigilanteing in Omega, and then you find out it's him. You go, oh my god, Garrus, you're such a badass! <laughs> yes, and then he gets shot, and you get kind of sad, but he's fine. He's fine. He is. He's ride or die with Shepard all the way. No, no, this is the moment where Drewby says he's never played Mass Effect, and we cry again. Yeah, I'm gonna make you cry again. <laughs> no, he played. He played <laughs> the Mass Effect games <laughs> on Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was waiting for it. No, I've, I've missed uh, quite a few of those big games from last generation, unfortunately. But That's fine. That's fine, Drew. <sighs> sorry. So, oh. everyone who's listening, I'm sorry. Oh. I'll... Uh... Oh, he's letting us... This is really not top five with Nick. It's top five, like, top ten games that Drewby should be playing. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You have, you have to rename the podcast this week. That's right. I'll do it just for you, Drewby. Just for me. Wow, you wouldn't even do it for me? No. I, I asked him. He wouldn't change it. I'm on 100% of episodes so far. So far. But it's still top five with Nick. It's not top five with Nick and Q. <laughs> God damn it. Maybe one day. All right. Drew, what is your next character? Uh, mine's going to be Red from the Pokemon series. Um, in, in the actual games himself, all he is is your little avatar, avatar. pretty much. Yeah. So there's not too much character there. But if or in you, my case, uh, he was my... Um antagonist he's your antagonist blue yeah no right yeah um but if if you look if you look more into it if you go to um gold and silver where you eventually verse him um it's so cool like versing your past self especially if you did play red or blue or yeah heart gold soul silver or whatever uh, iteration of the game you're playing it's awesome like seeing your past character and Probably the place I, I don't know. Th- this might discount it. I don't know, but uh, they fleshed out his character a lot more in the manga, Pokemon manga, Pokemon oh, Adventures. Yeah. yeah, so that's really good. It um, actually gives him a, a personality, a voice, and yep. um, he's he's pretty much the better version of Ash. Yeah. Uh, depending on how you feel about the Pokemon anime, um, but yeah, um, in Pokemon Origins as well, which was a so four, four episode movie, uh, equivalent of just going through the first games, the events, and that. So, okay, yep, yeah. yeah no, I, I can understand that. Like being, because I never kept him as the original. Cause you could rename him, couldn't you? 
Yeah. 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 But, like, as an analogue, I can totally relate to that because I don't know if it's so much him as a character, but me portraying, like, putting myself in that world as as him as my avatar was Mm. really cool to me. Like, just being able to experience the whole games through him as well. And, like you said earlier, with Gold and Silver getting through the Elite Four and then fighting him in the end was such a... For a kid at that age, was like, whoa, what the fuck's just happened? Yeah. This is cool. I played as him as the last game. But yeah, I can agree. He's a pretty good character. What about you, Kieran? It honestly blew my mind when I found out for the first time that wasn't Ash Ketchum. <laughs> <laughs> like, it it blew my mind when I finally realized that that was a different character. I was like, what? I've like, been what? betrayed. <laughs> I'm like, what? Because I think one of the options was you could you could choose to call him Ash or something, maybe? I, think, yeah. I can't remember. I think it was Isn't in it in yellow, yellow, he's Ash? Hmm. Mm, possibly. I can't remember. But yeah. I remember thinking it was Ash and then realized it was red. But just that it's really nice looking at the, the Pokemon universe as a whole. For, for just the gaming... Um, in the earlier games, each game felt like its own isolated kind of bubble. Other than maybe a couple Pokemon that made it across, a lot of the games felt like this is their own world and stuff because you could only go to that region and that map. And so to to play through, uh, I played through Gold, and to finally get to him at the end of Gold, it kind of breaks down those walls a lot and brings everything together yep. and makes you understand that you know this is a bigger world like there's a lot more going on and just there's a lot more to that character that i'm glad that they've explored that now i'm glad that they have um fleshed him out more because you know ash ash is the poster boy for pokemon on like the main front like yeah. the mainstream kind of front well so the anime was it's i saw the anime before i ever played any of the games so yes yeah. yeah yeah same so you know, to have something that, as Pokemon fans, you can be like, "When well, I'm a real Pokemon fan, because I like Red Moon <laughs> for you, Ash Ketchum." Like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's nice to have kind of that cult following for for Red. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially when uh, like you're like, okay, so you you verse him, you win. Like, why why is he up top of Mount Silver? Why would you just stay up there? And you find out that he's, you know, trying. He's become champion of Kanto. He comes to Johto to pretty much train and become better, and that's why he's up there. So it's like, okay, so there's a lot of backstory to him, even though he is just your silent avatar, pretty much you're playing yeah, through yes. the first game. See, I had never realised any of that, that that's why he was there and all that. I just, being, because I haven't played a Pokemon game in many years, there's, being at that age playing it then, I just thought like, oh, he's an end boss. Like, I never really thought too deeply about why he was there, what was going on, anything like that. But yeah. I I like that about games writing that for those kinds of games that you don't have to dig too deeply as to why this character's here. Like, you can take it at face value that it was yours from the first game, it makes a cool boss, cool. But it's something that if you want to dig more for, there is more to dig for and more to find out about the journey of that character. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Kieran, what's your next character? Okay, my next character is going to be partially controversial as well. Because my next character 
is Dante from Devil May Cry. And I love the crap out of this character, but my favourite version of this character is the reboot version. The um, same. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. my favourite version of the character is the reboot version, like the DMC Devil May Cry. (laughs) 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 I knew somebody wouldn't be happy. Just I'd played all the original Devil May Cry's, and then so many people were angry at the new Dante. So angry, and I was so confused why people were angry. I'm like, this this is the guy I remember. He's just except he's just a younger, brash teenager. Like, you know, this is awesome. I remember the start. I can't remember if it's the start of Devil May Cry one where you just it just plonks you in this random bar brawl, and you just have to kind of go along with it. And he has such he always has awesome entrances, but there was just something about Devil like DMC Devil May Cry's version that. I really enjoyed. Even just like the small, like, you know, breaking the fourth wall bits. There's a section early in the game where a mop breaks and the mop end falls on his head and it makes it look like he's got the original Dante's hair and he's like, ooh, never, <laughs> yeah. and throws it off. And that's so cool. And just with that game, the the exploration of him finding his brother Virgil and how that relationship is different from the relationship we have in the earlier games is interesting you you know where it's going you understand where it's going after all this and just to have that is the coolest reason why his hair is white like it's oh, so it's, it's like equivalent same, to because oh, i never played it so it's part of the same storyline it's just it's like it's it's kind of reworks the original storyline but it goes in the same direction right um it just builds to it it's like you know it's as if the games because devil may cry one through four we're in a weird order because one of them was, was like, I think Devil May Cry. No, I think I there was a Devil May Cry 4. Nah. There was another one where, because there was one, I remember playing the first two and it might be Devil May Cry 3 where Virgil rocked up and everybody was like, what the fuck's Virgil? And it was like, oh, by the way, this is like no, set correct, before I'm everything sorry. else happened. Pardon? I am correct? Yes. Yeah, no, I thought there was four. And... Virgil rocks up and, you know, it was a prequel, so everybody was confused about that. But it was nice that DMC Devil May Cry was just kind of fixing that stuff up and rearranging that story and putting a new angle on, you know. I don't, if I remember rightly, I don't think he knew who his dad was at the start. I can't remember that bit. I haven't played. It's on my list of games that I'll be future streaming is that game because I think I have the... Hmm remake on my xbox now um but the just everything about that game i love i love that character it's so cool yeah um the character the character is one of the main reasons i was drawn to that game i hadn't actually played any of the other dmc games i'm continuing my uh thing of not playing iconic games apparently (laughs) 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 that that game drew me in because it's, it's so like they'd done such a fantastic job of just making it look so stylish and the combat like I assume the other games were fantastic combat as well yeah but yep. like th- this one looks like it looks so cool and I was like alright I'm in for this and I really I really enjoyed the character and um, I didn't I didn't find him his cockiness or anything to be annoying I actually found it pretty cool I actually really yep. thought his character was really cool and and having not played the other DMC games uh <laughs> when I got to the last boss and Virgil's like, 
you know, ju- you know, come with me, join my side, you know, which is equivalent of the bad side. I was actually like, oh fuck, <laughs> I was actually surprised. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know. Where which is it's interesting. It's interesting to see that because yeah, as a DMC fan, I kind of knew it was building to that point. So mm. that last boss battle was insane. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so cool to actually because in the other games you've never seen how their relationship came so messed up and everything. Yeah. So it was nice to see that have a realistic brotherly relationship and that build and everything for it. Yeah. yeah I'm... Oh, sorry. Sorry, now you go ahead, Drew. Because um, I was talking... After I finished, I went to Bryce and he's uh, pretty... My, my, my mate Bryce and he's uh, pretty much played played all the games. But holy fuck, uh, Virgil turned out to, <laughs> you know, be bad at in the games. Like, yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> he's, the bad, <laughs> he's the bad guy you've in the other games. So I'm like, oh, there you go. yeah i personally never played that version like i think i played one and two on the ps2 but i remember being outraged at the dmc thing i have looking back in it i have no idea why other than being (laughs) angry angry at being it, it being changed for the sake of change how dare you change a character i think i played on two games in the playstation no, 2 era how dare one, you one and two but yeah how dare you change that character i think i love i loved it's his like, white what? hair god damn it what can i say teenager <laughs> but yeah that's that's my new highlight of nick's top five <laughs> it's not gonna happen <laughs> All right, my next character is Kratos. I understand. Really? Yes, I understand all the hate. Or not so much hate, but like the people saying it's not great and all that kind of stuff. But for him, he represents to me rage personified. Like yeah, him, definitely. his family <laughs> being killed, and him just being on a three game or well, five game mission six game mission to just get his revenge and just I only played the first three games but just going through with him just killing bigger and bigger things and bigger and bigger gods working your way up the pantheon and just I don't know it just portrays his rage in such a way that I connect with it like I, I could feel his rage and kind of connect with him how angry he was just killing everyone of what how he got tricked and what happened to his family and whatnot. Like, I can understand he's not, in the typical sense, a deep character or a terrific character, but just the way that he came across to me, I don't know, I connected with him. Like, I know it sounds weird, but like a elemental level. Like, the closest way I can um, have an analogue to it is like when I watched Logan... And he was just on a solitary mission, killing all the guys at the end that had to harm the kids. I know it's just something about that sort of motivation gets me worked up. And just the way he does it in the game, like getting revenge for his family and his dead kid and his wife and whatnot, it's just I connected with for some reason. I understand that. I think for me, the thing that turns me off Kratos a lot, which I'm excited about, the new God of War because of it is because the gameplay never captured me because the gameplay yeah. always seemed like the same thing. Like, you know, I have whirly swords on chains. Yeah. I'm going to spin around and hit people. Yeah. And I'm just like, doesn't interest me. I think there is a deeper complexity to that character that you don't see unless you really, you know, think and almost philosophize about the character because 
he is, you know, the embodiment of pure rage, yep. and rage hides, rage hides a lot of things. Just even just the reading the the backstory and the lore of God of War in many ways, and just all the shit that character goes through, just out of pure anger, yep. shows that that character has a lot of other emotions that he's struggling to deal with. Definitely, I think there is com- there is complexity to the character that people don't see because of how you know basic the gameplay can be yeah. at times that i'm excited about this new um dynamic with this you know this secondary character in the new god of war game yeah. that i'm interested to see i'm really enjoying how war. i think i've finished it by now oh yeah that's right it's already <laughs> out oh crap I hope we enjoyed it. Maybe if I hated Kratos, just forget everything I said here. Just everything. Just forget about it. Just just pretend Kieran didn't know what was about to come and just understand. Do you have any analog or played any connection to Kratos? Yeah, yeah I've uh, I've I've only dabbled in uh, number three. Um, yep. I feel like just with Kratos, um, his his person like it it's. It works for it works for the game he's in, sort of just, yeah. Sort of like you know, you you know you're doing your button combinations, you're taking on these huge gods and beasts and all that, and I think it works for that game. But as far as a compelling character goes outside of that, like what we might be looking for in for something like Uncharted, where the game really relies on the story, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he falls flat a bit on that just because he is so one dimensional. Yeah, definitely. Um, like. I can understand his shortcomings. Is I don't know. It's just the way that I connected with him while playing those games mm. that really just nestled its way into my consciousness. Yeah, as, yeah, you know, you 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 know, you chrome domes really need to stick. Together. <laughs> <laughs> is that why? And he's got a beard now. So. <laughs> he also has a beard now. He's trying to be more like you, he Nick. Is. He got inspired by top five. <laughs> <laughs> Top five gods killed. <laughs> with the Kratos. <laughs> Starts a podcast. <laughs> All right. With my Drew, co-host, Penelope. <laughs> Calliope. <laughs> All right, Drewby, what's your next character? Um, my next character is a cat from Gravity Rush. Uh, I... Re- like... As soon as it was announced for Vita, I'm like, holy shit, this game looks cool. Um, been a fan of the Gravity Rush series since since it came out, um, 2012. Cat, uh, well, she isn't necessarily the most uh, detailed character or whatever, but she's in the game. She's a lot of fun. She's bubbly. She's uh, fun to control. Her abilities um, open up a lot of uh, gameplay possibilities, especially in number two, where you can you've got you know different powers. You can pick up people, yep. objects. Yeah, uh, absolutely love that character. She's a uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Is it the same cat from Casper the Friendly Ghost movie? Uh, maybe, no, maybe, maybe just re- reincarnated. No. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no. I have no. I've never played a Gravity Rush game. From what I understand, the gameplay doesn't interest me at all, and the visuals just never really caught my attention. Mm, yeah, it's but, definitely yeah. um very anime aesthetic if you're not into that well mm. yeah definitely is is gravity wash 2 worth going back and getting because I, I think it had a very almost cult release like it wasn't mm. it wasn't a huge thing that came out when it came out but 
there was, you know, those who loved the game picked it up and enjoyed it. Is it something worth going back and do I need to play the first one to understand uh, it? You don't need to play the first one. Um, well, cause Should I play the first one? Because they released it for the PlayStation 4, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a remastered version. That? I'll probably say, uh, yeah, okay. probably say um, go straight to the second one because the second one is a lot better. Built for the PS4, okay. straight up. So um, uh, It right. is worth playing again. It's just, uh, you know, whether it's worth your... How much time you've got? Yeah, to... like it's probably it's something I would wait and see if it comes up on sale, which I probably well, just would have. Platinum to get, so yeah, and it just it, it was a game that interested me all the time. It looks like I remember seeing screenshots of there being some cool collectibles and stuff in that game. So yeah, like the, um, the gameplay is super fun. Like you sort of it's like a I guess you'd describe it as a superhero game. You're sort of flying around and yeah. you can yeah. Once you uh, upgrade your abilities enough, you can have some. Like really cool combat situations. Yep. Okay. Cool. I'll have to check that out definitely. Because God knows I got nothing else to play on the Vita. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be dying. Have to be have dying. to be cheap by now, surely too. I'm sure it's been on PlayStation Plus before. Yeah. I think Gravity Rush might have. Yeah, Gravity definitely. Rush on Vita has been. Yeah. Yeah, the first one. All right, Kieran, your next character. Okay, it's time for my favorite villain in any game. Ever. Well, no, he doesn't count. I was going to say Mark Hamill's better, but no. Mark Hamill is the Joker. He's, he's almost on par. But I enjoy this character. This is... Uh, I'm talking about Handsome Jack from Borderlands 2. He is... I love villains that you have a dialogue or, or even a one-way dialogue. Like, you know, the same with Joker in Arkham Asylum. Um, you have a one-way dialogue with them just kind of yelling at you as you play through the game. I can always remember Borderlands 2 clicking for me the first time I heard the there's like a in the very like first couple of hours there's a a conversation line with Handsome Jack about his diamond horse called Butt Stallion. <laughs> and it's just like just the smartassness of, you know, of this character and how cocky he is in this world where everything is under like under his, you know, control. It's just, he's so witty, he's so amazing, and then to have that character grow and be more explored in the pre-sequel and in um, the Towers of the Borderlands game, is so it's so interesting that this character has sprouted off so much more. When Borderlands 1, it was Borderlands 1, and I, could, I cannot remember anybody mentioning the bad guy of that game, I cannot mention everybody, I can remember everybody loving Borderlands being like, you know, this co-op shooter, um, but... Borderlands 2 was the Handsome Jack show. You know, that's why the game collection once called the Handsome Jack Collection because this character is just so um, interesting and charismatic that it's it's tough not to love him. And just even, like, how he's developed is just I really well done. I appreciated him in Tales from the Borderlands, but I couldn't... I feel like I've been robbed from more of him because I couldn't play Borderlands 2 to get his character. Like, I don't have okay. that backstory. The reason I okay. couldn't play it is probably the number one reason if I ever do a top five hated characters is that fucking... Oh, you can't. Trap. No, leave him alone. Claptrap is leave, the most leave atrocious alone. thing to ever grace this planet. You should... You, should, you know what? A, a Patreon tier is going to be a Twitch stream. Of Nick playing through Borderlands the pre-sequel, but you have to play as Claptrap. 
Everyone I've talked to <laughs> loves Claptrap. I know. No, he is a very polarizing thing. It's either you love Claptrap or you hate Claptrap. One of my favorite missions in Borderlands 2 is Claptrap's pizza party. It's so great. It's so funny because nobody shows up. It's just... That's pretty sad. <sighs> it's really sad, yeah. but he's so funny. I just... I'm I'm disappointed by More your dislike of Claptrap. Trap. I understand. <laughs> yep. I understand why you hate him. You but yeah, no, you've definitely been robbed of Handsome yeah. Jack. Do you have any um, feelings towards Handsome Jack, Drewby? Um, no, nothing that uh, hasn't been touched. I've I've only experienced the uh, the Telltale game, so that's yeah, uh, yeah. I've got similar experiences. You know, people need to go back and play Borderlands too. Have it to your lists, people. Maybe, like, maybe I would have been more motivated to go back and play Borderlands Two and the pre sequel if I'd played Tales from the Borderlands when it had come out because mm. I originally dismissed it because I wasn't interested in Borderlands as a story and I thought this isn't for me but going back and playing it many years later I was really missing out because Tales from the Borderlands is I... the best if not the best Telltale game yeah I like Borderlands 1 was not a th- really a big thing for me nah. But the character and the personality, like I can remember, the summer Borderlands Two came out. I went to um, I went on holiday to Gold Coast with friends, and we were in love with the Scooter character, which I don't know if you'd run into in Borderlands Two. But his his catchphrase is "Ooh, catch a rat!" <laughs> uh, or you like there was from, yeah, yeah, and you um like the first time you encounter him in Borderlands. You walk up to a like you're one of his terminals, and he's like, "Whoa, unauthorized user up in my grill!" And I remember every time um, we saw, we went to like roller coaster rides and stuff in um, the Gold Coast, and every time somebody went on to press a button to activate a roller coaster, we would say that like out <laughs> loud at the top of our voice, and they would look at us so weird, like. But it's just such a quotable game, and I, I was, you know what, for this spot, it was between Scooter and Handsome Jack because. Both characters are amazing, and um, Scooter makes me so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Scooter! Alright. My next one is... Geralt from the Witcher series. Now, I had a lot of internal conflict with introducing Geralt into my list, because in my mind, he's more of a literary character than a video game character, because I think... A lot of my feelings towards him come from the book series where the games have just um, expanded upon that. Yeah. But I think he's just... Because he is in a game and part of one of the best characters in games, I think he ended up on my list. Just... I don't think I could say a bad word about him. He's, to help you to help you justify it, did you find did you find Geralt through the games and then went to the books? Correct. So that's justification. You found it because of gaming. Yeah, so. and I did the same thing that's with acceptable. Red too because I, I used the manga and the anime as a reference yeah. for him as well. So Yeah. But yeah, I think he's just one of the most well-written characters in games, best voice acted. Just his dry humour, his... The way that you can interact with other characters in the game, just... And he doesn't have bad dialogue in it. No matter what choice you pick, it's always... You can feel it's something him as a character would say. Like, there's no obvious right or wrong choice you can do with him as well. Like, even today, even though I only played a small portion of that game and 
I've played a lot more of it now through streaming on Twitch.tv slash Explosion Network the last couple of weeks, but, um, you know, I can close my eyes and hear Roach as that stupid horse comes out of the nowhere and gets stuck somewhere. But <laughs> his, the beauty about Geralt as a character, especially in the video game form, is, and it's probably one of the reasons I like a lot of characters, because it's your, it's your version of Geralt. Yes. It's not, you know... It's not a set in stone, you know, single story linear playthrough game where it's telling you Geralt's story. It's what is your Geralt? Like, how does your Geralt decision make? Does your Geralt love Triss? Does he love Mm. Yennefer? Is he going to, you know, try and get with both and get screwed over in the end? Is, you know, there's a whole lot to that character um, in the terms of character growth and the, the decisions you make in that game. Yep. And it's interesting, especially Witcher 3, because Witcher 3 is not Geralt's story. No. It's really not. Overall, it's not. It's about... Um, Siri. I can't remember her name. Siri. Sorry, I've been playing too much. It just kind of clogs my brain. Um, you know, it's 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 about Siri, and to see Geralt take on this very different role that he had compared to what he played in Witcher 1 and 2 yeah. uh, makes the game very interesting to Definitely. play through. And I think what also makes him such a great character is the games that he is in as well, because the games are such story-rich that a lot of the rewards for the quests are not traditional game rewards, as in, like, you get more money or you get better loot or get better gear, where you do get it, but a lot of the main rewards you get from doing quests are story rewards. Like, it furthers the story or it helps you grow your character or just the way the world interacts with you and stuff like that. It's not Mm. like a typical Skyrim where you go clear out this, where you clear out a cave of X amount of bandits and you come back and you get a patch full of money and, uh, I don't know, a better piece of armor or anything like that. I think a lot of it has to do with the games around him as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of weight to the decisions in that game. Yes. Even like the minor decisions you make about a side quest, like remember a side quest about a dwarf in the first town where you find out who's been stealing from him yep. and the, the choice that you make there, even though it's probably a very, on face value, it's a very normal choice of video game morality. Do you hand in the thief? Do you, um, what do you do? But it has very grave um, circumstances around it and the results of that choice are, very um you know i think it leads to the guy being hanged or something happening with the dwarf and nobody buys oh no it's yeah the guy gets hanged but nobody buys from the dwarf anymore because he snitched and sold out this guy so very um um, gray world yes yeah Yeah, like just going back to this is where he says he hasn't played it no i've played i've played witcher oh my goodness oh my god he's done it he's done it (laughs) by george he's got it hallelujah i didn't by any means finish it but i played a fair bit of it (laughs) Um, that's alright yeah just just the side quest it's probably the most impressive side quest in any game like uh, and as you said I think that that is what adds to his character the uh, one of the f- side uh, quests I remember the most is just when you go down the well looking for that girl and yep. uh, yeah it's just uh, it, it's it's crazy like a, a lot of um, other characters wouldn't have I guess opportunities to sort of flesh themselves out as much as he does in like the the Witcher being as long as it is and as many DLCs and all that put on top of it you know he's got a lot of time to sort of get to know him as well yeah definitely to play cards yeah <laughs> <laughs> fancy around a Gwent 
No, never again. <laughs> um, God, Kieran. Nick, you excited for him to take his place in the front cover of Soul Calibur Six? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a resounding it's such a weird yes. Thing. Yeah, I, I haven't formed an opinion on that yet. <laughs> Only because I've never thought about it before now. That's pretty um, cool, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I guess. Yeah. If anything, if, if it introduces more people to the world of The Witcher, I'm happy. All right, Drewby, what is your last character? Um, my last character is Link from The Legend of Zelda. Um, all of the incarnations of him. I was going to say, are we picking a particular version here? Which timeline of Zelda are we going with? Uh, is that who you because... rescue when you play as Zelda? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. You play as the, the princess with the hair and yeah. you uh, gallivant the land. No, um, <laughs> uh, Link, once again, he's a silent protagonist and you're pretty much putting yourself into him. You can... I When I was a kid, I used to call him Drew. Now, it just seems really <laughs> dumb having Link called Drew. I don't know why they even give you the option. I think in Breath... Breath of the Wild, did they not give you... They don't even... They don't give you yeah, the option. So they give you the option to change the name of the save file, I think, but yeah. that's about so it. So that's good. Like, just keep him as Link, because he's Link. I guess with it being voice acted, too, that's why they would have changed that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yep. Uh, actually, what I would have liked in Breath of the Wild is, is if they had, a like, a... Sort of like the... Uh, on the computer, where you put in a word and it just says it. So it's like, Zelda's talking, and it just goes, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be terrible. It'd be like those uh, I, those wrestling games where you create custom intros and they, you can tell it's just separate words put together, like Drew the Enforcer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds so terrible. I liked I liked the the Breath of the Wild version of the link of the link. I'm gonna call him the link. The link. Now, that sounds badass. The link. No, um, my I like that version because. There is an actual history to that character. Mm. Like there's, there is that, you know, that history to that character and his relationship with Zelda, or um, you know, how he is with the other champions and stuff like that. There's a lot of memories tied there that make me understand the character a lot more. Where a lot of the other games, Link is a very blank slate. Mm. He's kind of just this blank slate that, for some reason, is completely enamored with this, um, you know, with this princess. And they're, you know, for some reason their destinies are tied together, so they always end up together and whatever. But it's nice to have a character have a bit more um, flesh out to him instead of just being, you know, this blank slate that all of a sudden wakes up near the Deku tree. Yep. Like, it's cool when, uh, like, my favourite Link is probably the one from Twilight Princess just because of, I guess, uh, I really, like, looking back on it now, the graphics are obviously very dated, but back then the art style was... uh, I think was really cool just how it was uh, I guess a bit more realistic I guess um, but it, how it all ties together is like you, you can learn um, skills from uh, I don't know I forgot what it's called now but it's a wolf you can find not not the wolf you turn into but uh, and yeah, is that the one that yeah. came out on both GameCube and Wii? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, basically the guy who teaches you the skills is the Link from Ocarina of Time. Oh, really? Isn't he called like the White? Isn't he called like the White Wolf or something like that? Yeah, uh, he looks like a dingo. Actually, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, because he turns into like a like I remember like the his 
like because he has another form doesn't he where he's like an armored guy if i remember maybe not yeah i, I can't not. remember it's been a long time yep but yeah and I, I also like how they uh they pretty much just mold the character into the game they're trying to make as well so like wind waker back in the day it was completely different to what you saw in the original zelda and ocarina of time especially how they wanted it to be a bit more whimsical so they made the character yep. younger and yeah like and and you make you know you have the ugly duckling majora's mask link yeah it's just what's even with that guy oh he's, he's the same link as um yeah i don't ocarina of time he's the same link as ocarina link but you don't yeah, like him either. still not your not your boy i don't know i just have majora's mask is a weird place in my heart that it scared me as a kid <laughs> okay and i don't think i've ever gotten around that <laughs> i think it frustrated me because i could never get they could never work it out the three-day thing as a kid mm. yeah it is a bit like if you don't know if you haven't played it before it's a bit tricky just like all right what do i yeah. do now it's like you've got to wait for this time for this person to be here and you've got to talk to yeah. them and yeah 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 um I can appreciate that it being having an impression on you as a character, but for me, I don't know. The things I remember about the Zelda games I've played are not the Link itself, but the games and the worlds and the bosses and the dungeons. Where mm. in my mem- my personal memories, Link doesn't really come into it a lot. Like I granted, I've only played Ocarina, Majora's Mask, and Breath of the Wild, but yeah, I don't know. It's Link doesn't really come into it for me personally. Yeah, I guess he's um when you're playing the games, obviously he is just a silent and doesn't do yeah. much apart from go oh yeah and whatever. <laughs> but uh, when you get into that, you know, bullshit timeline stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, what what's the relationship yeah. between all these? And especially in Skyward Sword, when when that game was that game was the first in the timeline. You're like, all right, so. How, especially when you find out like how why Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf always get reincarnated in some fashion, yep. it was really interesting. So like, oh, okay, so it all makes sense, and like the as I said, the uh, Twilight Princess Link being taught by uh, the previous Ocarina of yeah. Time Link, and how it's I had no sort idea of... that that just blew my mind hearing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did when I first found it too, because it. If you look closely, I've, I forgot what detail it is, but there's matching details like he's got the same sword and yeah, whatever from the previous game. I'll have to download that on the uh, Switch. Um, the what's the arcade games? Virtual Console. Yeah, when it comes out. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> are you making fun of the Nintendo and its poor backwards compatibility library? Yeah, okay. No, no, I'm not at all. All right, my fa- <laughs> I might, I want to add my favorite version of Link is the early '90s cartoon version oh it looks terrible <laughs> i hate the art style hate the art style when i look at it it looks so dopey excuse me princess <laughs> best version of link hands down all right karen your next character is navi hey <laughs> listen no fuck that i wish i could squish that fairy no my next and final character fills me with pride for being an australian he is a ball-tampering mastermind. He is a fantastic character in everything he does. He fills me with pride. The first time I heard him say Cobber in a video game, I was amazed. Talking as Nick puts his head in his hand. 
as I'm talking about Junkrat from Overwatch, people. <laughs> Sorry, viewers, audio listeners, because there's only audio. Nick just went on an adventure as I built that up. Nick went on a confused adventure of who's he talking about? What's going on? And the moment I said the cover line, I heard, I, I saw the click and he was disappointed. He was disapproving. It was everything, but... Look, it's your personal list and I can't judge you on your own feelings. You can't judge me, but I love Junkrat so Half, much. Halfway through, I was a. what you about to say, yeah, Crash Bandicoot, when you said Australian. Crash Bandicoot? No. No, <laughs> I wish. No, it's, um... No, because Junkrat... If anybody doesn't know, I'm slightly mad about Overwatch and Junkrat's my favourite character in the game. Because for two reasons. One, the character itself and its mechanic, it's just the most annoying, obnoxious character in the world. Like, just the fact that people die and that you weren't even... A, you weren't really trying to kill them. There was no accuracy to it. You just lobbed a grenade over a wall and they died. Or... You know, they they die and it, they don't know where it came from. It's just so great. It's so much fun. But the lore behind that character is amazing. It's so good that Australians were just so stupid in this world. Pretty much the lore behind Australia is it turned into Mad Max. After, like, robots took over, like, we started to take over Australia. And so the way the Australians dealt with it is they walked up to, like, the base of the place and nuked it but also nuked the rest of the country. Whoops. And what was left are these mental Mad Mad-esque characters and just this one, this little junk rat who's, you know, missing a leg, but is crazy, but he's also a genius. He's just so fantastic. As I said, the first time I heard him say, Thanks, Cobber! I was like, Oh my God, Cobber's in a video game! It said it! He said it! This is so cool! And the fact that he has... An Australian cricket team uh, skin that fires cricket balls at people makes me so happy about everything in my life. Are they going to update it so it's got uh, sandpaper in it? <laughs> no, because he, I can, I can guarantee that he tampered with those balls already. <laughs> he's, he's like, I, I swear that guy, David Warner, and the other one, the one that cried, they, they played Overwatch before that game. They saw it and they were like, "This is what we got to do to win." <laughs> I was surprised that cricket ball didn't get turned into a grenade. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that we like to break Nick on this show. I have done it today. Nick, he has a blood nose from how hard he just facepalmed. Jesus. (laughs) I will say, Junkrat is at the top of my list. (laughs) It was the first name I wrote down. (laughs) I I just... I don't know. It, granted, you are more invested in the lore of Overwatch, but to me, they're just characters you choose to play as in a multiplayer shooter. But they have no bearing on me as a character at all. Yeah, I'd... I guess when you've... Um... Like we said with like red and stuff, yeah, it's a character that you know you can take it at face value. This is some crazy shit that just throws bombs and has a tire that drives and then blows up. But if you dig a bit further and start reading stuff, there's more of the character to love. Like you know, there's a there's a map called Junkertown yeah. in Overwatch, and um, there's a whole storyline in there underneath it about Roadhog and Junkrat and how they got thrown out of Junkertown yeah. by the Junk Queen. And I think, is it Junker Queen or Road Queen? Uh, No. But 
<laughs> but there's just like there's a lot of little things and it's a very it's a normal thing for Overwatch that you can take that game at face value very easily but there's a lot of stuff deeper in that like you know um there's a lot of stuff to dig through and find and grow love for characters and yeah I that's think why. that's one of my main gripes with Overwatch is that I don't include any of that what I've been told is fantastic backstory and lore into the game itself they they don't obviously like they do with stuff like the the um the lore event that comes up every once a year on the anniversary of Overwatch being released so that should be happening right now or it's already happened but that happens but then also if you look around the maps and you've watched all the cinematics they released in Pixar level cinematics pretty much and if you look around maps that those cinematics are based on, you can find lots of little, like, you know, head nods and explanations for things. And there's a lot of little things in dialogues. It's not, you know, the lore isn't sp- the lore of that game isn't something that they're like, you don't need to know the lore to play the game, just play the game. But if you love the game, there's a lot to search for in comic books and stories. It's like stories Destiny 1 where articles. you had to go onto the app to read the grimoires. Well, no, it's <laughs> no. nothing like Destiny 1. <laughs> Yeah, do you have any feelings towards Junkrat, Drew? Uh, no, not particularly. I've uh, no. I don't play much Overwatch, but um, yeah, I've heard things just like yeah, people getting trolled yeah. by Junkrat and stuff like that. And it is cool that there's a Australian. Hell yeah. yeah, it is cool that there is an Australian representative in the game. Um, there's two, isn't there? Yeah, and it's just there's yeah, because Roadhog's Australian as well. But just the fact that because he's totally bogan Australian and just stuff like. There's little nods in the game, like there was winter skins released in winter in the US last year, mm. but during that time, Junkrat had a skin, but Junkrat's skin was a summer skin, <laughs> because while it's there winter, it's our summer, so he had a summer skin come out, oh, cool. and so that like just little things like yeah. that, there's a lot of little details that they, you know, the biggest thing that was outraged was the fact that in um, Junkertown, which is set in Australia, this, yeah. it had a sign... I had a sign for takeaway <laughs> and everybody was angry because <laughs> everybody's like, no, it would not be called a takeaway in Australia. Change it right now. And was it like, something else went and they changed. changed it to takeaway? Pardon? Wasn't it called something else and they changed it to takeaway? Yeah, it was, really? it was take out. I think it was dine out or something. Oh, it was take out yeah. or dine out or yeah. something. Yeah, sorry. And then it got changed to takeaway. Sorry, that's yeah. my, me getting mixed up. Yes. Now, Junkrat, everyone best tweet character. at Viva Dill that he would love Tracer. Please do. <laughs> he gets so... He just... He just gets confused. All right. My last character, which would come at no surprise if you know me at all, is Sold Snake from Metal Gear series. Um, growing... As I've told the story before, I grew up with the Metal Gear series and... Just being attached to Snake and his story throughout the years of just at first being a puppet, then going out on his own, fighting against the Patriots and everything they do, like being a philanthropist, taking down nuclear arm metal gears and PMCs and trying yeah, to bring I like the, bit the where he, um... Um, individuality of people because of how crazy that storyline goes with his brother, he's like clone brothers and whatnot and it's just the ultimate selfless sacrifice that his whole life has been not his own it's always been working to help other people it's just i don't know it's an inspiring character to me and the only video character that has made me legitimately cry in a video game as well 
I don't know. It's just skyrocketed up there for me. The whole snake thing is the most confusing shit <laughs> in the world. You know when I like realized that you know. Oh, just so you know, the 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 snake in Phantom Pain. That's not that's not a that's not solid snake. Not that's a thing for me. It's Big Boss. No, it's it's not. Big Boss, and that's that's Venom Snake. And you're like, what? What? What do you mean? And there's Solid Snake and Liquid Snake, and they're both clones of this guy. And you know, there's you know, Solid Snake isn't really in number two, and number three, you don't play as He's Solid Snake again. Number th- he is in two, but later because you play as Raiden for most of the game. I don't know, he's in it a fair bit. Yeah, but you don't... Like, it's not obvious to him for a while, is it? Because it's, it's like... It's pretty obvious so to I remember the playing the. I remember playing the demo, and the demo was you were playing a solid snake on a boat. Yeah, so and the then, way I saw Metal Gear 2 is, is that demo section is the beginning of the game, then it goes through the title credits, and then it goes... Then it does the ride and reveal. But he, yep. Snake is introduced into the game pretty early on as a secondary okay. character. Like, you, you, Raiden, the character, doesn't know, but you as the player, it's very obvious of who he is. And then there's also things of, like, apparently Solid Snake's in the game of Phantom Pain or some shit, and I'm like... No, Liquid Snake is. What? Oh, Liquid Snake is, Solid isn't. It's just... Kojima, just, you need to... your, Your dealer's got some weird stuff in their supplies. Just dipping into the vat too many times, my friend. Don't listen to Kieran. He has a Kojima bias. He hates Kojima. <laughs> yeah, just uh, listening to people uh, try and explain Metal Gear Solid is just... Yeah! Sounds like a waste of time. Just don't Amen. try. <laughs> Amen! I'd, you know what? I'd like to have two people sit down. One of them, you try and explain Metal Gear. You over here, you try and explain the Zelda timelines. <laughs> K-Go! Like, just... just See who gets frustrated first because I think I think it'll be the Metal Gear. Person. I think Metal Gear has to be a very time and place thing to experience the stories as they're releasing as they're happening. Because yeah. if you try to go into it now with everything released and just trying to be explained everything at once, it's very in over your head. But whereas is you're experiencing it as Kojima uh, is explaining it to the player, it's. It makes a lot more sense, I think. Yeah. Yeah, just going back to the, the Zelda timeline, at least the Zelda timeline, it's if you write it out, you know, it's got a fork which narrows down to just one. Whereas, would you be able to write down on a piece of paper, just like, this is the timeline, this is what happens? I think you can, but there's yeah. just a lot of weird stuff. Like, how how exactly did Tom Brady and the New England Patriots oh, really get you. into this whole game? All right, that's <laughs> been this episode of Top 5 with Nick, where we discuss Top 5 stories. Um, our guest today, uh, Kieran Marchant, you can find him... You can find me at your boy Ringo, probably not on 100% of this episode of this show anymore. <laughs> um, you can find Drew at... And whatever you do, plug all that for us, please. Uh, you can find me at iDruby on Twitter. And uh, I do a Nintendo podcast with my best mate, Bryce, uh, called The House of Mario. We talk about Nintendo games. We have uh, guests on from the community, stuff like that. We have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, yeah. It's a fantastic podcast. So for- go check it out. The one disappointing one was you had Dylan on at oh. one point. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Apparently, you somehow talked about trophies on your podcast. I'm just... Oh, shit, no, I believe you. Oh, yeah. it's just... No. But 
I actually I heard uh, I forgot what show it was, but uh, <laughs> Dylan he said, "Oh, I said to Drew's face that the Wii U was a piece of crap, and his pro- his face was." I think it was on plat. Yeah. I think it was on plot. I was listening we to that about. and I was just like, wait a minute. I agreed with you. I, did, I wasn't offended. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Dylan likes to embellish yeah. things just to resign. You know, sometimes he says that he's the host of Platinum Explosion. <laughs> well, we just, not no. when you kill him, no. <laughs> well, I haven't done that. I've never done... Well, you come back from the we don't really know. If the, well, is he really the same Dylan? I don't know. Is this, is this Metal Gear Solid? Is that what's really going on here? He's he is he is semi solid Dylan. Semi solid Dylan. Fuck it, hell. Oh, you Jesus. can flaccid. No, flaccid Viva Ladil. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. You can uh, let us know what you think. Um, email, email, and tweet us. Show description. Uh, show themes and topics that you want to hear about at Explosion Network on Explosion Pod on Twitter, and don't at explosionnetwork.com. You can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That'd be fantastic. If you don't have iTunes or if you want to help out in another way, you can spread us around by word of mouth because we don't do much advertising other than our socials. So just getting the word out there, telling your friends who might like it, does us a world of wonders. Get a sandwich yeah, board. <laughs> yeah, put it on your bulletin board at work too. Um, <laughs> Look, I will pay somebody $5 to stand on a main highway, like spinning one of those boards maybe once. <laughs> Like, I would pay to see that. Like, just... I'll make it... Like, you can be dressed as a penguin as well. $5. Oh, that's a good idea. Tweet yeah. at me. You can follow all our other shows at explosionnetwork.com and find us on twitch.tv slash explosionnetwork. Thank you all, and that's it for another episode. do 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 do